Welcome to episode seven of Master the Mouse. I'm Aaron. With me as usual, it's Griffin. Griffin, how are you? I'm good, man. Good to be back. Yes, we're back at it again. Another week, another episode, ready to get into it. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind everybody, we're actually doing some retooling of our social media accounts. Griffin and I self-admittedly probably aren't the best social media users. And so we've been getting a lot of instructions and help, mainly from our significant others. And so we have a new Instagram account where we're posting pictures and trying to be interactive. You can give us a follow on Instagram at Master the Mouse Podcast. So give us a follow on there as well um, as always on Twitter and on Facebook. At Twitter, that Twitter handle, Griffin, is Master the Mouse underscore. That's right. So give us a follow on Twitter and also on Facebook. Just type in that search bar, uh, Master the Mouse, and follow us on Facebook too. We're doing some giveaways. So if you go out to iTunes or Stitcher or Google Podcast or Anchor or whatever platform that you view or listen to this podcast on, then go out there and rate us and review us. And if you review us, you'll be eligible for a giveaway. We're giving away some pins. And if you want to take a look at what those pins look like, they're little like lapel pins that you can stick on your clothes or lanyards or book bags or whatever. Go out there and, and look at them. And then uh, at the end of September, wait, yes, September, right? We decided yes, September. That's what we said. Yeah, like there's okay. a couple So uh, at the end of September, we'll collect everyone that's reviewed us and we'll pick some winners and announce them on the podcast. So if you want some free stuff, go go do that. Griffin, I think we have some follow-up too from previous episode, if I'm not mistaken. You yes. have to follow us. Yes, I wanted to mention for the for everyone, uh, we talked a while back about uh, Priceline Express deals, those uh, hidden Disney World deals where uh, Disney World hotels will actually be on Priceline.com. And uh, a good, I was reading a, a blog the other day about someone who had actually rolled across some really good deals in September and October, specifically Port Orleans Riverside uh, was on Priceline Express for about $100 a night. Quite a deal. And I think that, I don't even know if I've mentioned Port Orleans Riverside when we talked about that a few weeks ago. So I think it just it reminded me, especially if you're looking for a last minute trip, definitely a place to go dig and see what you can find. Yeah, that's great. That And that's a fantastic deal on Riverside. Yeah, it's crazy. That's great. I have some follow up too. And this is more anecdotal than it is informational. So you'll just have to bear with me. Most of you remember last episode or a couple episodes ago, I can't remember how far back it was, but I told a story about how my wife just doesn't like animatronics. And so yeah. when we ride Spaceship Earth, she kind of closes her eyes and buries her head in my chest. Again, as most of you guys know, if you've been listening to our podcast, our family's going down in October. And so tonight we were talking about it as a family, getting real excited. And we happened to start talking about Peter Pan's flight. My wife in the middle of a conversation says to me, I can't wait to ride that ride, even though I close my eyes the entire time. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that blew my mind. Didn't know yeah. she did that. I, yeah. said, I said, really? On Peter Pan? They're like half anim- – they're not even like life-size yeah, animatronics. they're more statues. But yes, indeed. I think that she's only actually seen half of that ride, even though she's ridden it multiple times. She, yeah. she closes her eyes through half of it, which I never knew. 
So wow. that, there, there's some follow-up to, to some of my stories as well. <laughs> wow. You probably need to go ride by ride and figure out which ride she's actually seen. I think I need to take inventory. Yeah. Either that or she may need therapy. One of the two. Yeah, absolutely. I'm worried about her. Haunted Mansion, I'm definitely worried about her. Uh, oh, I'm, uh, there's no doubt in my mind she closes her eyes for that ride. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, at least she's still going with you. And at least she's honest about it. I don't even know that I would fess up to that. Now, I fessed up to Dinosaur, not liking that ride and probably closing my eyes through most of it. Yeah. But I feel like that that's justifiable to a certain extent. Yeah. I feel like there's, there's going to be some people that are frightened of that ride, myself included. But uh, Peter Pan is a bit of a stretch. I never heard that one, but to each his own. <laughs> All right, that does it for my follow-up. Griffin, uh, hit us with the question of the episode. All right, so uh, as the listeners know, we're going to ask you, Aaron, and you don't know what we're going to talk about, but I want you no to idea. tell me if this particular part of the Disney experience is overrated, underrated, or properly rated. Uh, we're going away from rods this week. I want you to tell me a little bit about the Disney Memory Maker Overrated, underrated, properly rated, which is the the photo service that is supplied there at Disney World. Oh yeah, that's that's great because I've done I've done it both ways. Okay. I have I have used Memory Maker and I have not used Memory Maker. And I will tell you that that I seem to get a lot of use out of it. Okay. And that's because of the way that we like to do Disney. And for the most part, like our family makes a big deal out of out of going to Disney. Mm-hmm. We and we go often, so it's not like it's it's something that never happens. But at the same time, we we love it so much that we want to try to capture as much of it as we can. Right. And so the cool thing about Memory Maker is that all of your photos that you take with with Disney Photo Pass people are included in in that package. And so if if for instance, for those of you that that may not know what Memory Maker is, it's a package that you select typically before you go on vacation. It's something that you pre-select to add to your vacation. Right. And it's cheaper if you pre-select it from what I've And I think and I think it's $149 if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. The thing I looked at said 169 but that may be okay. I think they may have recently increased it. And then if you wait till okay. you get to Disney World, it's one ninety nine. So that was very okay. it's cheaper to do it before. So so let's assume $169, $170. Yeah. And and what you're getting for that $170 is all of the photos that you take, as well as and here's where I think the kicker is, as well as all of the videos that are taken of you when you're riding rides. And so right. a lot of the the main attractions and main thrill rides not only take pictures of you while you're on the ride, but also they'll include a video of, of you of you riding the ride as well. Right. So that's kind of a little bit of the background of the memory maker. You know what? I, I think that for me personally, it's underrated. Okay. okay. I have I have several pictures of our family up in my house that we've gotten through using Memory Maker and through using Disney Photo Pass. Right. They're memories that I think I don't think we otherwise would have captured, right? And I don't think really that there's a price that you can put on that. Well, I mean, you could if if it were if it were a lot more expensive, I wouldn't do it, right? But I do think that it's worth it, and I do think that it's underrated. Have you yeah. used it, Griffin? Yeah, we did. We used it last time, and uh, it's one of those things that it's once you use it, you you love it. I think, and it's just nice to have all those pictures, basically. For the memory maker, every one of those pictures they take is now your property in a digital copy when the trip is over. Whereas if you don't, you can still go up to all those Disney people, but you're going to have to buy the, the pictures independently. So just like you said, you just get a really nice collection, especially if it's a big family trip. You know, you're going to get you're going to capture a lot of memories there. But I mean, 
$170 is not cheap, but I think Disney does a nice job of picking a number that, it, crazy as it sounds, you can kind of shrug your shoulders at and just tack it on to a six-night stay and not think too much about it. Yeah, and I think the, the important thing to remember there is that even if you don't get Memory Maker and utilize it, those Disney Photo Pass people are everywhere in the park, and literally you just walk up to them and say, hey, can you take my picture? And they'd be glad to. And, and here's, so here's, a, here's maybe a pro tip to, to consider, is that they'll always take a picture with their equipment, mm-hmm. but, if, but if you ask them and hand them your camera, they'll take a picture with your camera too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and, yeah, when your kids are, like, at a meet and greet, it's really nice to not have to worry about snapping a picture and you can just enjoy the experience. So I, I really like, you've got the option, but if you want to just put your phone in your pocket, you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I would say properly rated to underrated. I agree. You know, annual pass holders, I think it basically comes with their package. So some people get this without thinking too hard about it. But for us, you know, our families, at least right now, we have to make the conscious decision if we're going to pay for it. Are y'all doing it in October? We are indeed, but we are traveling. Uh, my parents are annual pass holders, and so oh, it'll be inc- it'll be included in our trip. So we're skirting the, the fee this time around. Yeah, strong work. Yep, there we go. All right, what are we talking about this week? All right, this week we're going to dive into some park strategies as it pertains to Magic Kingdom specifically. And so what we're going to do is we're going to walk through kind of how we would tour the park in on a given day. But there's some things that we want to talk through and some assumptions that we've made when we talk through this that we just want to clear the air and make sure everybody that listens to us is on the same page. And the first thing that we want to say before we dive into this is that Magic Kingdom tends to be a park that's impossible to do everything in one day. So it's, yep. it, it is super important to know that going into it, because if you think that you're going to do every single ride and see every single show in all the parades and all of the character meet and greets and the fireworks, you're going to leave disappointed. Right. Because you're not going to get to it all. There's just too much to do. It may be the smallest park in in square footage as far as um, the size of the park itself. But from an attraction standpoint, it dwarfs everything else at Walt Disney World. Yep, definitely. So So it's important to know going into it that one day probably isn't going to be enough to do everything that you want to do. So just know that going into it. The other assumption that we're going to make is that this, this park strategy is going to pertain to a family of four. Think, you know, two parents and two kids. Not, that's not to say these strategies and tips aren't going to work for a, a party of six or a party of three. But these are going to be kind of more suited in, in the line of the, of the family of four, just so we make things standard across the board. Yeah. Griffin, are there any other assumptions that, that I'm missing before we just kind of start talking about how we would plan our day and the fast passes we select and anything no, like that? I think if we're, yeah, when we get to fast passes, we're kind of assuming that people are probably staying on property and making their fast passes at 60-day mark um, Correct. To, to do this strategy. So, yeah. Correct. Yeah. So let's let's go ahead and start talking about kind of the pre-planning to your park day and the fast passes that we would suggest that you select. Again, maybe this is an assumption that we should have covered earlier, but we're going to assume that the, the family of four is tall enough to ride all of the attractions in the theme park. Yeah. So that basically, be- I guess, basically 40 inch. Well, Space Mountain is probably the tallest. But yeah, so we're going to assume you've got older kids with you. Yeah, probably at least, you know, second grade, third grade, tall enough to ride, you know, all of the attractions in Magic Kingdom. Okay. 
So I think the first thing, as we're, as we're talking about pre-planning your trip for Magic Kingdom, the first thing to know, the first thing that you're going to want to do is, is know what your family likes and doesn't like. You're going to have a myriad of things that you can select from to do, even from a fast pass and non-fast pass perspective. Mm-hmm. But, but let's say that you have a person in your family who just hates birds, just doesn't like birds. Well, you're probably going to skip over the Enchanted Tiki Room. Yes. <laughs> the Enchanted Tiki Room is nothing but birds. Now, they're animatronic birds. They're not real. But my guess is if you have someone in your family who hates birds, you're probably not going to want to do that attraction. Right. Yeah. So, so that's the first tip that I think that I would encourage anybody to do is just, just know your traveling party and know what they like and don't like. Yep. Okay. So let's talk about fast passes. Griffin and I talked before the podcast and there were three kind of attractions that stood out to us is, Hey, if you're going to try to do as much as you can do in magic kingdom in one day, what are the three attractions that you're probably going to want to get fast passes for? Griffin, you want to take take a couple of those fast passes? Just kind of tell us why yeah. we selected those three fast passes and what they are. Right. So we're selecting fast passes with the assumption that you are you want to ride this ride at some point, and so therefore you need these fast passes to maximize your time not waiting in line. Seven Doors Mine Train is the easy first choice. Again, I don't think either one of us are saying that's the best ride in Magic Kingdom, but it's an easy first choice for a fast pass, assuming that you want to ride it. And I think right there in Fantasyland, Peter Pan falls in the same category of you're going to save yourself a lot of time by securing a Peter Pan Fast Pass. Um, so those two, I think you and I both agreed, were pretty much no-brainers with the party of four, including kids. There's a little more discussion about the third one. What do you? Where did you come down on that? You know, I think where we landed on are the ones that you could choose from typically are going to be your mountain rides. So Space Mountain. Thunder Mountain, Splash Mountain. Mm-hmm. When we think quintessential Disney, what comes to my mind is Splash Mountain. Right. And so for our third Fast Pass, we just went ahead and assumed that that's what you're going to get your third Fast Pass for is Splash Mountain. Yeah, I like it. All right. So assuming those Fast Passes are the ones that you have lined up, Seven Dwarfs, Mine Train, Peter Pan, and Splash Mountain, how you want to start your day. Now let's get into the day itself. We've done the pre-planning. Uh, we, we've selected the fast passes. We have those lined up. The day comes where it's time to get to Magic Kingdom. Now, if you're staying on property, which that's the assumption that we're making, is that the buses that go to and from your resort, if you're using a bus, if you're using a boat or a monorail, it's a little bit different. But if you're using those, they, they start to, to run a couple of hours before the park opens. Now, yeah. we're not suggesting that if the park opens at 9, that you get there at 7 o'clock. Yeah. However... If the park opens at nine, you probably should be there. Griffin, what do you say? And 30 minutes to an hour before the park opens? Yeah. And so we're assuming a 9 a.m. open, which is standard. And I think it's important to remember that with the new way it's set up, you will actually be able to be let in the park around eight o'clock an hour before and be able to wander up and down Main Street, but you won't be able to ride anything until it opens. So I think it depends on what you are trying to rope drop. So that, and, and based off what we're saying, we really would not recommend rope dropping mine train because you've already got a fast pass for it. So if you're going to rope drop in our situation, it's probably going to be something like Space Mountain or Big Thunder Mountain. I think you could put, I think you could probably do 815 to 830 and be fine. Yeah. And I think that's probably the first thing that we would want to talk through as far as maximizing your time in Walt Disney World 
is that because they allow you now they just recently changed this because they allow you to enter the park before mm -hmm. I'm using air quotes here before park opening before the attractions themselves open right what you can do is arrive early and take advantage of being on Main Street yeah spend some time on Main Street looking in the shops enjoying the views taking pictures of the castles that's going to save you time from later in the day and quite frankly it's not going to be as crowded in the morning as it will be later in the day so enjoy the freedom of space that you're going to have and really take in that area and, and section of the park i will say it's an also time it's also a fantastic time if, if you didn't grab breakfast on your way out to stop at the main street bakery and grab a snack or grab a quick breakfast or a cup of coffee or yeah. whatever that you need to kind of get you jump started for the morning. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Starbucks there that you can go to and, you know, use your dining snack credit on the biggest uh, loaded up coffee you can think of. And then the other thing that I'd recently, you know, heard about was if you go in one of the shops and you want to go ahead and buy something, I believe they will hold it for you. Yeah, absolutely. So you don't have Guest to, services will hold it. Yeah, so go ahead and buy it before and then hand it off to them to let them hold it for you so you don't have to carry it around the park. And like you said, the crowds are going to be a little bit lower then. So that's a great tip. Yeah, absolutely. And so what's going to happen in that morning hour is they'll, they'll end up being a stage show right before they open the park officially. And Mickey and all his friends will come out and, and say, welcome to this park. And there'll be a little kind of firework thing that'll happen. And the park will be open. And th that's what you'll hear Griffin and I refer to it over and over again as rope drop. Right. Because literally there are cast members of Disney that will stand and kind of guard the entrances with a rope. After that show is done, they will literally drop the rope and escort you in to ride all the rides. And so it, thus the name rope drop. Assuming the fast passes that we listed, we're talking about hitting up some of those major attractions. And Griffin already mentioned them. You probably got big thunder mountain you've probably could at that point venture over to space mountain in tomorrowland the other one that i would throw in there potentially is the jungle cruise yep. in adventureland and really the reason that we're kind of singling out those particular attractions are because those are the ones that throughout the course of the day the line and the weight to ride those rides is going to grow throughout the day. There's really not going to be a slow time to get on those attractions without a fast pass. And so if you can hit those ones, one of those three in the morning, it's really going to save you time later on in the afternoon. Yep. Agreed. And I think, you know, the nice thing about magic kingdom and, you know, you and I both have the visual in our head, but people may not basically you, you kind of pick a spoke or a path that you want to go wait in and then there's multiple ropes right so if you want to go to space mountain you're going to go right if you want to go to jungle cruise you're going to go left so you need to know kind of what ride you're going for to know which line to get in basically um to know where to rope drop and i'll add one quick caveat if, if i was picking my perfect day at magic kingdom I and mean, not to go down a rabbit hole but i think it's an i, I would be getting a be our guest breakfast reservation for eight o'clock that's another great option for people the pre-park opening breakfast and I, have you done that before i did that last time i still talk about how much i enjoyed it i have not okay well so the way that works is basically you get behind the rope before it the rope drops. So if you have an 8 a.m. Be Our Guest breakfast reservation, you can go back there. You can have breakfast. You can not rush too bad because there's no characters for breakfast or anything. And you can be out by 8.45. And assuming everything goes how it's supposed to, you basically can go line up in whatever ride you want to ride that's near Be Our Guest before the ropes even drop. Um, you potentially could even be riding Seven Doors Mine Train or Peter Pan 
before the rope even drops and, and people are back there. So if, if you got one day and you're looking for a serious way to cut some time off, I think, you know, those are the very hard to get though. I mean, people are going to go after those because this is a fairly well-known tip. So I think that's another thing to remember is if you want to get that benefit, you got to pick a restaurant that's behind the ropes. So Cinderella's uh, Royal Table will do it because you go in the back of the castle. Be Our Guest will do it. Crystal Palace will not. Crystal Palace will actually do the opposite because it's up on Main Street. If you go eat breakfast at there, when you come out at 845, you're going to be at the back of every rope top line that exists. So that's why Be Our Guest to me is a unique opportunity. Yeah, that's a great tip. I do think that having that early morning breakfast reservation can help in a lot of ways too because if you can, if you can not only knock out some of those rides before rope drop does happen, but but also knock out a meal yeah. too. You got two birds with one stone there. So that, yeah, that's a that's a great tip. Yeah. The other thing that we want to talk through as we talk about park strategies and riding these rides is we mentioned it in the last episode, but taking advantage of the rider swap. Yeah. And so we have so we're assuming a family of four, and for the most part, I would imagine that the family would want to ride all the rides together. Yeah. And not split up, but. If there was ever a time to take advantage of rider swap, it would be in this instance as far as when you want to save time. Mm-hmm. So if you're okay maybe with splitting up some of your riders, this is going to be a great way to do more rides in less time. Basically, the, the rule of thumb, and you may have to do some sweet talking, a lot of times it is restricted to height. Yeah. But in instances where it's rides that, that children could have could be frightened of or have anxiety of you're more than likely going to be able to get a rider swap without a whole lot of trouble. Yeah. So we're going through the morning. We're so what are, did we decide what we're going to rope drop in this perfect day that we're laying out? So yeah, let's just assume we rope dropped Adventureland. We took care of jungle cruise. We did our rider swap with the magic carpets and we did the rider swap with pirates of the Caribbean and Adventureland for all intents and purposes is, is done. We've experienced it. Now, if, if any of you are listening to us and you have your park map out, you'll say, wait a minute, they didn't do everything in Adventureland. And the answer to that is yes, you're right. We didn't. We skipped over the Swiss family Robinson Treehouse, and we skipped over the enchanted Tiki room. Mm-hmm. And there's reasons for that again, because we, we said at the beginning of the show, we're not going to be able to do everything in this one day. Right. So there are certain things that we're going to skip over. Yeah. And in an adventure land, the things that kind of bubble up to the top of the list of maybe things that you could skip over and really not miss a whole lot would be the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse and the Enchanted Tiki Room. Yes. Or things you could do later when lines are longer everywhere. It would be a poor use of time to do any of that right now as much as you'd love to say okay i did everything in Adventureland. i'm minimizing walking at some point you're you're making a poor decision you know to to waste your valuable rope drop time on something that would be available anytime you know we would call those anytime attractions correct Um, so those you can go to those anytime so don't don't do it right now when all the lines are low basically everywhere okay good deal so griffin where are we headed next uh i think in my mind it would make sense to see at that point if you know, geographically, if you could get over to Frontierland and get on Big Thunder as kind of your, in my mind, this would be kind of probably your final rope drop ride before you start using fast passes. Trying to predict it's nine o'clock. We've ridden Jungle Cruise, Pirates, and it's probably going to be close to 945 by the time you're over there. So I would expect a wait to still be 20 minutes or less. What do you think? Is that wishful thinking? 
No, that's exactly what I would do. I would, I would, as soon as I finished Adventureland, I would make my way over to Frontierland. And assuming, I'm, what I'm going to assume in this instance is that not only are we going to be able to do Big Thunder Mountain in this time, that we're also going to knock off that first Fast Pass is Splash Mountain too. Yep, that's going to be your first. Yep, I agree. So this is comes back, you and I have had this Fast Pass conversation several times already, but I think if your Fast Pass for Splash Mountain was 9.30 to 10.30, 9.15 to 10.15, that would be fine. So you want to put it early and just run through the rope drops and basically do Splash Mountain ba- towards the end of the time frame. Wouldn't you agree? So if it's a 9.15 to 10.15, if you're hitting Splash Mountain right about 10 o'clock, then I feel like that's the sweet spot because then your next Fast Pass time is going to be open and you can go straight to it. You know, if you go to Splash Mountain at 9 o'clock, well, your next Fast Pass is not for an entire hour. So I think the way I would do it is exactly how we're laying it out. Rope drop several rides and then have your, your fast pass ready. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a brilliant strategy. Yeah, I love it. And you can obviously fast pass both, or sorry, rider switch both of these rides that we're talking about if you've got a kid that's not into it, um, Thunder Mountain or Splash Mountain, and you know, come back to it you know, a couple hours later. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, let's let's continue to move on. So we, we've kind of done half of half of what i'll call frontierland at least the major attractions and rides at this point griffin are you would you suggest that i'm going to throw out you know an either or option here i've got th- okay you've got three things to choose from okay. you can you I can like this. you can make your way back into the the other part of frontierland into kind of liberty square okay you can take a boat over to tom sawyer island okay or you can ride the train from Frontierland over to Fantasyland. I'm not. I'm not going to Tom Sawyer Island at this point. Again, I'm. I'm still in. How many rides can I get done at this at this time of morning? But it is starting to get more crowded because we're probably saying it's 10:30 or 11. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I think I would probably try to do some more rides. So I think I would go to Fantasyland, which is full of rides, and also include both of our fast passes. So I think that's where I would be heading next. Okay. Now, I did say ride the train over there. That's just how I would prefer to get there. Would you okay. just assume walk from Splash Mountain or Big Thunder Mountain? They're kind of in the same spot. Would you Would you assume just to walk over to Fantasyland, or would you ride that train? Um, my kids do love trains. I, the only thought I had was if you thought there was any chance that the Haunted Mansion line was not going to be bad, you're going to kind of go right that direction if you want to loop from Frontierland into the backside of Fantasyland. So that's one thing I'd be interested in because – you know, it's still relatively early. You haven't hit the heat and the, the crowd yet. Maybe you could squeeze in one more ride without a fast pass. Uh, but other, but if my kids saw the train, they would pick the train. So that's what I'd be riding. Yeah, I think it's important too. one of the tips that we can give everyone when they're touring in the parks is what we're not saying every time that Griffin and I probably do either on or as soon as we get off of a ride is checking our MDE app and seeing what wait times are like at other attractions in the yeah. theme park. Yeah, And so as you're getting off space or not space, but if you're getting off Splash Mountain and you're trying to make that determination of whether, hey, should I jump on the train and just ride it to Fantasyland or should I walk over there and, and swing by Haunted Mansion? Well, pull up your app. And if Haunted Mansion only has a 20 minute wait, it's probably a good idea to go ahead and walk over there 
and go hit up Haunted Mansion on your way over to Fantasyland because chances are that that line for Haunted Mansion is going to grow throughout the day. Now, again, yeah. Haunted Mansion is one of those rides that m- maybe not all kids love it. Um, it is one of the Disney originals, so there's a lot of nostalgia there. So so take that for what it's worth, too. So just continue to check that app, and if you see that there's some attractions that you definitely want to make sure that you ride and the wait times are still low in that morning hour, then then go for it. Go ride those rides while you can while the line's low. Yep. Yep, and the the nice thing about the train is, you know, this is this is a long day if you're cramming a lot in the Magic Kingdom. So sit when you can sit. So it's not a bad idea at all. Yeah. So let's just move on into Fantasyland. At this point, the morning crowds probably are starting to pick up quite a bit. And let's just be honest, Fantasyland tends to be the most happening place in all of Magic Kingdom. It's nuts. Yeah. Uh, it's just mass chaos and mass people and mass strollers everywhere. Right. So, Griffin, let's lay out a plan of attack if we're going to try to try to do as many attractions as we can in Fantasyland in a reasonable amount of time, knowing that we're probably not going to hit them all. Again, if you remember, even in Frontierland, there are things we skipped over. We skipped over Tom Sawyer's Island, and unfortunately, we skipped over one of my all-time favorites, the Country Bear Jamboree. Yeah. We skipped over those things in lieu of continuing to ride rides. So, uh, so we're in Fantasyland. You mentioned we have two fast passes for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and one for Peter Pan. Right. There are some other rides in there. So do you have a preference of how you'd attack that that part of the parks? Yeah. So at this point, I, what I would say is I'm not willing to go wait in a long line. Not yet, at least. Because I know I've got my fast passes. And what we don't know at this point in the morning is what fast passes are going to be available later once we burn through our first three and we can start getting more. So I, I'm unwilling to go wait 30 minutes for It's a Small World at this point because you may get a fast pass for it later. So I think what I would do is I would look if you see a super short line for Under the Sea with you know Ariel, the Little Mermaid ride or something like that, great. But if not, I'm probably going to do my fast passes because I think we're probably in the window for for one of them at this point what, what would you say do you have one you're definitely going to go hit before going on to the fast passes no i can tell you one that i definitely wouldn't hit before okay. going on to the fast passes and and the one that i would not ride i'd probably in in more of the heat of the day is dumbo and here's why here here's the the tip on why is because a few years ago the dumbo attraction was moved uh-huh. and it also got a facelift and a part of that facelift was a huge indoor playground inside of the ride. Yep. And so we, we what, love that place. Yes. And so it's a it's a great place that that's that's probably the one line that if it's a sixty minute wait, I'm okay with it because what happens more often than not is my kids get upset with me if they don't get to play on the playground. So if you yeah. use a if you use a fast pass for it or if you go when there's no line. They don't get to go on the playground. Right. And yeah. How and, dare you get a fast pass there? Yeah, and they, they get super bummed. And so that's a ride that I probably wouldn't do this early in the morning because the line's not going to be long enough. And I know that's counterintuitive to everything that we're talking about in this podcast. Yeah. But the way that that ride's set up, it just it just begs people to come in and wait. And so they give you a pager just like a restaurant would. And <laughs> you stand in line, they give you this pager, and they're like, hey, go have fun. And when it's your time to come ride the ride, you'll get paged and just bring the pager back up. And Man. so that's... I've never, I've never done that because I always have the fast pass. So I've, yeah, I've deprived we, my children. That's, that's one that we never get a fast pass for because my daughter absolutely loves that playground. 
and it's it's all indoors. It's air conditioning. There's seats for parents. It's it's a fantastic concept. So that's one that I'm not going to go do. Okay, that's helpful. I, yeah, I agree with you about Ariel. Uh, the other ones that I may throw in, just because of the proximity to your fast passes, are going to be the Winnie the Pooh ride. Uh huh. I would I would maybe suggest that one to go ride. I'd also, if we're just doing sheer volume and trying to get as many rides in as we can, this would be a great time. Like as soon as you're getting off that train, hop on Goofy's Barnstormer. Yeah, it's or right there. something that we haven't quite talked about yet is some character meet and greets. Yeah. If your kids, you know, if you got elementary kids and, and one of the things that they want to do is maybe they got that autograph book or maybe they really desperately want to get pictures with characters. Fantasyland has a, a big circus tent in the middle of it where Goofy and Donald and Daisy and Minnie are all in kind of their circus attire. And you can go and have a meet and greet with them and get your picture taken, get autograph book signed. And so if that's a big deal to you, this would be a great time to do that because if, if we're being honest with ourselves here, character meet and greets are always going to have a line. They just yep. are. That's, that's part of the Disney experience. It's what people want to do. If that's super important to you, now would be a great time to go do that too. Knock it out of the way. Yep. And those, yeah, those lines don't move fast because they spend a lot of time with the kids. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. Those, those lines are not going to get shorter. Probably the same for Winnie the Pooh. I agree. If you, can, if you see it's 30 minutes or less, that's probably a, as good as it's going to get. And uh, I, Winnie the Pooh seems to not have a ton of availability down the, you know, later in the afternoon for fast passes like the Ariel or Small World or something like that. So, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. The other thing that I just want to mention anecdotally is there's two things about Fantasyland that I want to throw in because we're not going to obviously have time to hit everything that we would do. And two things that I want to go ahead and, and say about Fantasyland that are my pro tips that I love is is one, Fantasyland has the has the best bathroom in all of Disney. Walt, yeah, I shouldn't say of all of Walt Disney World because that's reserved for a different bathroom. Okay. It's a teaser. Yeah, that is. Hint, it's in Epcot. Okay. But, <laughs> but the Rapunzel's bathroom over by It's a Small World, and as soon as you pass Haunted Mansion going into Fantasyland, Rapunzel has a tower there. There's a bathroom inside of it. Um, it's one of the best. But the best in Fantasyland is over by Gaston's Tavern. There's a bathroom behind that that not very many people know about or not very many people use. Okay. And so if if you got a child that's got to go to the bathroom a bunch or you got a child that uh, wants to have some privacy when they use the bathroom, then this is the bathroom for you. Go to the bathrooms or the restrooms in Fantasyland over by Gaston's Tavern. Okay. Tacking on to that, the best snack, I, in my humbled opinion, is also at Gaston's Tavern. They have got a killer cinnamon roll. Okay. And so if, if you're looking for a place to use a snack credit, that's one that I would suggest to go use it on is go to Gaston's Tavern and get that cinnamon roll. Uh, you will not be disappointed. The last pro tip that I'll give you is if you do get that cinnamon roll, ask the cast member at the counter for an extra helping of icing. Okay. They'll be glad to give it to you and they'll give it to you in a little three ounce cup. And you can pour the extra icing over your cinnamon roll, or if you're splitting the cinnamon roll with your family, then you can just use the icing to divvy up amongst everyone else, so everyone has a good taste of that icing. So there you go. Wow. There's my there's okay. my pro tips for Fantasyland. Okay, eleven o'clock cinnamon roll. That seems about right for hey, a Magic Kingdom day. You got to do what you got to do. Somebody's got to do it, right? Yeah, carbs. Come on, that's what that's <laughs> what vacations are for. I like it. Is there anything else in Fantasyland? 
fantasy land that we need to hit. I, and I know we didn't talk about all the rides here. It, there are some great things to do in fantasy land. One of my favorites is Mickey's Philhar Magic. Oh yeah, I'm totally a little, doing that. Look, little underrated. Probably not something that you're one of going to do in the morning. But as the afternoon rolls on, it get, maybe gets a little bit warmer. Maybe it gets a little bit more crowded. It's a great 3D show that'll get you out of the heat, off of your feet, really full of some Disney magic there. That's probably one of my favorites. You got the nostalgic uh, It's a Small World. Of course, we've talked about using our Fast Passes there for Peter Pan and Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. We talked a little bit about Ariel and Dumbo and the Barnstormer. There, yep. there are some other character meet and greets there that we didn't talk about, most notably some of the princesses. Anything else in Fantasyland that we need to hit? No, I don't think – I mean, the way – uh, at least I would do it is I, I'm making two waves through fantasy land. It's like, even though, even though this is a one day experience, I'm going to hit the busy ones now. And then there's just so much there. I think you could easily get bogged down and never, never do anything else. I think at this point I would probably save, like you said, save Dumbo, save Mickey's feel her magic and just swing back through when it's hot and crowded and hit the ones that you can do anytime. So I, I think you're probably going to want to make two passes through there. Yeah, I just want to remind people, too, at this point, we probably have used all of our Fast Passes, and you're going to want to get on that app again and see if there's any more Fast Passes for your family of four that you are av- that are available that you can go ahead and select and make sure that you get that fourth Fast Pass and then that fifth Fast Pass, and go ahead and keep refreshing that app to make sure that you're taking advantage of anything that can be offered throughout the day for Fast Passes as well. Yep. Hey, Aaron. Yeah. I'm, I'm hungry. It's It's 11.30. I'm crashing for my cinnamon roll. I'm in fantasy land. What do you think? It's lunchtime, right? Yeah, you know what? That's a good point because there's nothing worse than being on vacation and being hungry at the same time. Because I feel like if if you're on vacation and you're hungry, it's your own fault. Yeah, totally. You, Especially you in have, Disney World. You have no one else to blame but yourself. Yes, and it's important. So let's. Let, what's our food plan in your perfect day? In my perfect day... And it, I think it in, in other episodes, we've talked about how lunch in Magic Kingdom isn't something that we're probably going to do a sit-down restaurant for. Right. That we're probably going to try to do something as, as quickly as possible. And so in Fantasyland, there's a couple of options, none of which are my favorite. In fact, let me just go ahead and preface that, that Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios are my least favorite places to eat. Okay. I, yeah, I, I think I, I feel like I just need to say that because the options aren't great. Some of them are mediocre at best. And because we're going to minimize our kind of our wait time and our walking, the, I think, in my opinion, the best place to eat in Magic Kingdom is Columbia Harbor House. Yeah. But, but we're not in Frontierland or Liberty Square anymore. We're, we're in Fantasyland. So yeah. our, options are, our options in Fantasyland are going to be a few. We can, if we had, had a reservation for Be Our Guest, we could eat there. Yep. My guess is because we ate there for breakfast, or if you ate there for breakfast, you're probably not going to want to eat there for lunch. We'll take that one off the table. Yeah. The other, the other one is um, the Village House, uh, the Pinocchio's Village House over by It's a Small World. Yep. Not my favorite, but the, no. loca- the location is clutch, so that's, that's how they get The location is great. If you wanted to eat there, you, the location is great. And if you are able to snag a table by the window – you can actually watch the the It's a Small World boats launch into the ride, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm particularly not going to eat there either. Okay. So so what that leaves me with at this point is I'm kind of walking over towards Tomorrowland. Okay. I and like I'm where this go- is going. I'm probably going to sneak into Cosmic Rays. Yes. Okay. 
and I, and I know that this isn't a, a very popular destination for a lot of the, the Disney buffs out there. They're like, ooh, they're probably saying, ooh, Cosmic Rays. What is, this guy's no expert. But, but here's, here's why I picked that restaurant. Okay. For, for two reasons. One is uh, Sunny Eclipse is there. And so you're kind of getting a little bit of a free show. And for those of you that don't know, Sunny Eclipse is this uh, animatronic alien guy who pretty much is the DJ for the restaurant. So he kind of sits up on a little stage with a piano and plays a little song. And there's this pre-recorded thing that he interacts with the audience with. And, and so it's, it's, it's just fun and lighthearted yep. and easy to do. They have a toppings bar there. Yep. And so if, if you're wanting to load up your burger or your barbecue sandwich or whatever you want, and you want to get, you know, pickles and lettuce or tomatoes, or here's a Disney pro tip. You want to make a salad out of that stuff and you don't want to spend a whole lot of money. Why don't you split a burger and then just make a huge salad out of some lettuce and tomatoes <laughs> on the toppings bar. You can do that as well. And so, so I'm probably headed over there for lunch. Okay. I love that place. I was hoping you'd pick it. So, and they have a ton of seating and, uh, yeah, Sony Eclipse is just awesome. So what what yeah. can you what can you say? I mean, where else are you going to go and have something that kind of unique to watch while you're eating? And my 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 kids love it. Yeah, absolutely, you're right. And it just got recently remodeled, and so you know there's some newness to it as well. But but that's what I would do. Yep, I, I like it. So that seems like a good stopping point. So we just sat down to lunch at cosmic rays and we're going to enjoy some burgers and french fries or chicken sandwich or chicken nuggets or whatever you have a hankering for at that time and then next week in our episode we'll talk through the rest of the afternoon and into the evening and go through some strategies as it pertains to parade times as it pertains to the fireworks and projection show and then obviously hitting up that tomorrowland area of the park as well as you know griffin talked about doing a double back through Fantasyland and get into some of those attractions that we either we didn't have fast passes for or that we didn't experience on the first time around yep so look forward to that next week griffin have we left anything out that we need to talk through no no that sounds good we'll finish it up next week and uh obviously if people out there have specific questions about their touring plan or their plan in general you know Shout them out to us. Let us know on social media and we can give you more specific advice because you and I are trying to stay kind of general here to give people helpful information. Yeah, absolutely. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. Feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook. Or even if you don't have a question for us, tell us what your park strategy is. Maybe there was a different attraction that you wanted to to do at Rope Drop or hey, we always... You know, when we go to Rope Drop, we always go out to Frontierland and ride Splash Mountain because you get a great view of Magic Kingdom or, or whatever it is. So go ahead and uh, interact with us there on those uh, social media accounts as well. Sounds good. All right. On behalf of Master of the Mouse Podcast and Griffin, I'm Aaron. We'll see you real soon. See you guys.